You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. We're back on The Pipeline Show. We just finished uh, with Josh Fenton from the NCHC, and we moved to another league south of the border, south of the Canadian border, that is. And we're going to look at the USHL, and that means Tom Garrity, the commissioner of the USHL, back on The Pipeline Show. Tom, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And uh, as I've been saying awesome. with all the commissioners that joined me, boy, I'm finding out that the, the off-season is not the off-season anymore. And uh, I imagine for the USHL, <laughs> it's a, a 12-month-of-the-year job as commissioner as well. Yeah, it, it, it sure is. I mean, it's funny because I, uh, you know, people think, I mean, even when I used to be an operator of teams, it's, it's people generally think like the summertime and you know, related to hockey is usually when you'd be slow and even running a team that as people run teams know that's the busiest time, hmm. you know, whether it's selling tickets or sponsorships or getting your team and staff ready. But with the USHL, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much, you know, we, we have kind of benchmarks. We go to, from our draft to the NHL draft, to getting our schedule done to, you know, next thing you know, now we're getting ready for the fall classic here in September. So it's pretty busy. All right. Well, we'll touch on the fall classic in a little bit, but before we look ahead, let's yeah. look back and, and what were, uh, you know, two or three of the, the big highlights, uh, moving, uh, when you look back at last season for the USHL, what stood out for you? Well, I mean, again, I think coming out of the draft, you know, we were pretty tickled that we had, you know, over 50 kids selected in the NHL draft, you know, obviously with a big chunk of those coming from the development program, which we're proud to say is a part of our league, tied in with USA Hockey, a great partner of ours. Um, I think that was very, very positive. You know, we, we established a very strong vendor deal this year with Bauer, um, and they, they've come on board to help us with our equipment supplier needs, and they've been fantastic to work with, and that was really beneficial you know, financially for the league um, and its member clubs. I think, you know, our attendance, you know, showed overall as a league, you know, slight tick up, not not a huge leap, but going in the right direction. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we had a great final with Sioux Falls and Chicago, two fantastic teams. And so, I mean, overall, there was just a lot to be happy about, you know, great owners, you know, great member clubs, uh, a lot of great players and great coaches and, you know, and managers. So a lot to be thankful for, but uh, that's, you know, that's just kind of a few. The association with the uh, National Development Program has been a really good one for both the U.N. for the program. Uh, it certainly gives their, their uh, U-17 team a high-caliber uh, competition every night, helps them get better, and and the uh, the draft success, it's really put a spotlight on your league. And you mentioned the, the draft this year with over 50 players being taken and eight of those guys in the first round from the program, just a, a benchmark year for the program and thus for your league as well. It's, it's been a really good fit for, for both parts. Yeah. I mean, we're thrilled, you know, um, they, they, you know, I, I actually came in the league in 2012 and they were already obviously in the league. And, mm-hmm. you know, since I took over as commissioner the last couple of years, you know, the partnership is strong and, you know, obviously the, the class that came out this year was, um, you know, I, an epic class was led by Jack Hughes and, you know, they've always got a tremendous amount of players and the nice thing about it is, is I think, you know, having, you know, the 17s and 18s in our league, it highlights how strong those players are, but ultimately it shows how strong our league is. And, you know, we have a lot of great players that, you know, are, you know, that aren't on the development program, but, you know, playing against each other makes them better. And I just think it's just a perfect marriage. Uh, all right. Moving ahead. Uh, the, the first thing on the agenda would be the fall classic and back in Pittsburgh this year. And, and again, that's the, how many years now in a row has it been in Pittsburgh? This will be the third. This will be a third. I think I'm correct in saying that this will be the third. And you know, the Penguins are a fantastic partner. Uh, we went back this year. You know, it's a great spot. You know, where we can get um, 
you know, all the teams in one spot and all the scouts from all over the NHL and college and all over the world, you know, uh, ascend on Pittsburgh for, you know, pretty much a week of hockey. It's tied into with a youth tournament that's kind of fun too. Um, so just collectively the way the Penguins have set it up, their support, um, you know, the various ranks that we have to use throughout Pittsburgh and the surrounding areas has been really, really helpful. And I think the feedback from, you know, um, Dan Marr with Central Scouting and other individuals tied into the NHL, you know, they really enjoy it and um, you know, couldn't be more uh, happy than being in Pittsburgh. Youngstown, Ohio, the easternmost based uh, franchise in the USHL, so Pittsburgh is outside of your footprint. Is that important to kind mm-hmm. of expand the the the, uh, the exposure of the USHL outside of where your franchises are located? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I think, you know, um, I think initially when we talked with the NHL and, and everyone about Pittsburgh, I think, uh, they, they did kind of look at it that it was out of the footprint, but then understood that we are trying to get some exposure. You know, obviously there's a lot of interest in our league from out east and there's a lot of interest out west and south and all the places in between, you know, our footprint. But for the most part, um, it has been a really good showcase for us. Um, ultimately, this is an event that we want our players to get an opportunity to be you know, looked at by a variety of different scouts and, and pers- you know, hockey personnel. So um, even though it is out of the footprint, I think now everyone's kind of looked at it as it has a lot to do with the Penguins and, and, and how they operate. It's a first-class event, and I think everybody now looks at it like this, this made a lot of sense. Now that said, with the Penguins, and maybe if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. But would you like to move this around a little bit too to to further push that exposure? You know, have it in Texas with the Dallas Stars, or in Arizona with the Coyotes, yep. or or something like that. Is there an interest in in moving it around a bit? Yeah, I mean, and they understand that, and they've been like again great partners, and we've been very upfront with them, and they they understand it too because you know they obviously have busy arenas and you know it, it's a quite a big undertaking for them mm-hmm. and so you know whether we go back or not you know if that's what we do then you know that's if it, if they're happy with that then I, I don't see a problem with it but i mean just to be candid i mean I, i'm sure this is an event that we would like to maybe have it you know have a look-see around and see if there's some different cities that can you know take it on and and you know give give you know different areas a chance to see what our league's all about so that, that definitely could happen. Um, right now we're happy in Pittsburgh, but that, that could be an option. Tom Garrity, the commissioner of the USHL, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Uh, Tom, what is this year, going into year three for you in that role? Um, it feels like it, but it's only year two. Okay. I'm just finishing up my second year. <laughs> um, uh, I say that jokingly. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just finishing up my second year. And so, you know, I've been in the league the previous, you know, almost a decade since 2000. 11, 12, you yeah. know, working with individual teams on, a, on an operator basis. But, yeah, it's been fun. It's, it's gone quickly. Tell me about how the administration part of it works within the league when it comes to, you know, rule establishment or, or changing rules or yeah. just different policies. Is it – I mean, do you have – do you wield that ultimate authority as commissioner or is it all done by committee? How does that work? Well, I'm starting to – you know, I, my background is really more of a business background. So, um you know, when they hired me, I think that was something that they were looking to try to try to kind of accelerate a little bit with our clubs and whatnot. So I was smart enough to hire some really good people that know hockey a lot better than I do. Hired a great deputy commissioner, Denny Scallon, who had been at the North American Hockey League for a long time. We have a gentleman named Evan Rand and Sean Morgan in our office that uh, handle our hockey operations. But to your point, we also have a very strong competition committee, which is um, a group of essentially three, you know, general managers in the league elected by their peers 
and then we have three uh, uh, basically um, um, individuals from our board of governors that are on it. So a six-man crew can be a little bit higher from time to time with the chairman. And what we've done to do our rules and regulations, we've got that all through this committee. Um, we get a lot of feedback from people outside that committee related to, you know, the teams and the coaches and whatnot. So collectively, we kind of do all that stuff. But ultimately, if there is a decision that has to be made, I'll be the one making that decision. Now, the the role of the or the mandate, I would say, of the USHL, what's, what is the role for the USHL in your mind? Is it to, to push players to the NCAA? Is that a primary goal? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously when you look from our 16 to 20-year-old uh, age bracket, so to speak, you know, I think our goal is to develop as many players as we can that ultimately, yeah, that, go, that definitely go on to play Division One hockey and then hopefully uh, on to the next level. You know, NHL is the dream, and mm-hmm. but if that doesn't work, hopefully they can play professional hockey somewhere. And so, but for, we're the first kind of step in, the, in that process where, you know, we're taking our players and, you know, the next step would be to go to Division One college or, you know, or Division Three or whatever, play college hockey. I know uh, a number of years ago, Zemgis Gergensen's moved right from the USHL to professional hockey, but that's uh, the uh, he's the exception to the rule. Most guys will go USHL and then play college hockey and then on to pro hockey. Would you like to see more of that, though? Would you like to see more guys going right from USHL to, to the pro ranks? Well, again, I, I, I'm a big proponent of uh, kids going to college. So I, I love the fact that, you know, and, and I think, you know, talking to – Talking to folks in the NHL and even, you know, obviously, you know, coaches in, in college hockey, I think this is a really good league for just that, where these kids can come in and develop and commit to a school and go experience, you know, um, a great part of their life going on to university or college and, and, and getting to play hockey and developing their skills there. And then when they're ready to get into the pro ranks, they can do that. So, I'm, uh, again, I'm, you know, hey, there's always exceptions to the rule. There's a fantastic player who gets drafted high and, mm-hmm. and the best decision for him to go play pro hockey and make money and, and he's ready to do that and his family and his advisors and the team that drafted him feel that he's ready. Hey, more power to him. But ultimately our league set up to have the kids go on to Division One, Division Three college hockey and play and then ultimately move on from there. Tom, I've talked to a number of uh, your counterparts, uh, whether it's on the Canadian side of the border or, or south of the border, and, and every league seems to have its own unique characteristics and, and unique challenges. What are some of those for the USHL in, you know, in, in your market uh, at being the United States? So what are some of the things that are unique about your league and, and maybe some of those mm-hmm. obstacles you have to clear every year? Well, uh, again, another really good question. I think our, our biggest obstacles are related to um, – our league is just, you know, making sure that all the member clubs are working uniformly to make sure that the players have a great experience. And ultimately, you know, kids have other options and it's a competitive landscape out there with major junior and, you know, the uh, other leagues and um, around, um, you know, uh, the world, so to speak. Um, and I think, you know, so one of our biggest obstacles is just making sure that all the teams operate at tier one standards. So I mean, making sure they have the right coaches, making sure that they have trainers and good facilities and good venues and are putting resources into the experience for the player. So that player wants to be in our league and wants to stay in our league. And so I think those are just some of the obstacles that we face, making sure that we're all running on the same page. And sometimes we're not. You know, sometimes we have to have conversations with clubs to make sure that they're doing all the right things. Everyone has been really good since my two years have been in the, in the league, and I really appreciate all the work they've done that. So I think that that's just kind of, you know, it's a competitive landscape out there, as you know. 
And I think kids do have other options. And I think, you know, we just can't rest on our laurels. We just can't rest on the fact that, hey, we had so many kids drafted in the NHL. We have so many kids that go to D1, you know, uh, college hockey programs. You know, we have to make sure that every single year we're getting better and better and better. And so that those are some of the things that I focus my energies on. You know, again, I think the positives are so we do have great teams. We do have iconic franchises. I think our footprint is, you know, a really strong footprint. You know, it's, you know, play on the weekend. And it's predominantly a bus league. And, and I think that the, the places these kids are going to, are they're treated really, really well. They're part of the community. I think, you know, the league has a very strong reputation. And if you get into our league, you can go on and play, you know, Division One, and then get on to the pros. So all those are very positive. So all the work that's been done prior to my taking over the reins here, you know, I'm very thankful for because I really benefited from a lot of that work that was done before me. And I just continue to try to emphasize that as we, you know, move forward with a kid to say, hey, you know, why you can come play for us. You can go play college hockey on a scholarship and then ultimately you can play pro, you know, and that's that's the path that we, we want to show these kids. Hockey's grown so much in the United States over the last couple of decades, and I know even the NHL has problems getting on TV uh, south of the border. Is that something that's uh, been difficult for you? Is there a TV deal for the USHL? How many of your games are on TV? Well, yeah, we're on hockey TV, so we're streamed. So, you know, if if fans, you know, want to watch um, their team or parents and um, you know, just whoever, mm-hmm. uh, average fan wants to, to follow their particular team or, you know, um, our league, they can't, you know, they can stream it online. <laughs> and, um, and what we've done is we've really gone to big, big, um, um, uh, measures to make sure it's all in HD and that they have the camera that they need and all that kind of stuff. And so that, that's one venue that they can take a look at, um, our product and, but we need to get better at that. We definitely need to get better at that. And we have talked to, um, you know, um, you know, teams have talked regionally to try to get their games on, and it's not always the easiest thing, you know, because there's an expense to it and kind of an expense revenue ratio and what they're really trying to get out of it. At the league, you know, we have talked to various groups to try to see if we could do some things, and today we haven't really figured anything out yet that makes sense for us. Again, I think, you know, you know, we, we still have to expand, you know, um, our, our brand a little bit stronger. So, again, another thing that we're working on, you know, we do play on the weekends, which sometimes does run into problems with programming just because they have other things that they've already committed to. But, you know, we, we have a great relationship with the NHL, and we have been talking to the NHL network about trying to see if we could do some things on their station or their platform network. And I think also, you know, we're talking about um, having our game our top prospects game, you know, which I believe we're going to be moving to Plymouth this year at the development um, in the NDPP arena. And uh, we hope to have that game on the NHL network. So, we're, you know, baby steps, but it's definitely something that we'd love to try to get more um, more exposure with. Well, that was a question uh, that came in from Mark Citron uh, for the voice of the Chicago Steel. Uh, he wanted me to ask you about the expansion of the uh, of viewing package, the online package through hockey TV and whatnot. And I was going to ask you about the top prospect game, uh, and uh, you've already mentioned it now. Plymouth uh, seems to be the target. Yeah. Is, is that confirmed, or still some details to work out? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we still got to work out some details. But you know, the USA Hockey came to us, and we, I think, as a board, you know, they they were good with me and and our our league office just working out the details. So John Van Diesburg, you know, who um, does a great job with USA Hockey, you know, came from our league. Obviously, a very famous goaltender. Um, you know, came from our league in Muskegon, and now he's our, our point person with our relationship there, along with a few other good guys. 
Um, you know, we're working through the details on that, but you know, we're excited about it. And I think if we could get it all kind of across the finish line, uh, we'll probably for the next foreseeable two or three years have the game there. Tom, the uh, USHL and the NAHL. I think a couple of years ago there were some changes made, maybe some uh, to clear up some movement between the two leagues. What's that relationship like between y- yourselves and the uh, the NAHL? Oh, it's great. You know, we you know we've um, you know we we really respect the league a lot. Mark Frankenfeld and his crew do a great job there. You know, they've got a a really good league. You know, obviously we're we're all for the latter of developments. So with you know. With support of USA Hockey, you know we've we've entered into do a, a multi-year deal with them, you know, just for transfer players and make it more um, accessible for their kids to come and you know um, come into our league. And if you know if there are some situations where some of the kids are released from our league and they can go and play there, um, you know, so it's it's just been a really good really good setup for us. And you know, Mark's been you know a pleasure to work with. Hopefully, you know, we're chatting with him and. And he can kind of fill in on his league, but you know it's it's been a good setup for everybody. And you know, I think this year we had more you know call ups, so to speak, um, uh, with the NA than we've had in years past. Um, so their players are you know developing, coming into our league, playing on our teams, and making a difference, and and you know contributing to the success of our league. Now I'll have Mark on the show here uh, shortly as well, uh, coming up this oh, week. So, so I'll chat with him about uh, that. Uh, now, when it comes to uh, reaching players uh, outside of your footprint, you know, the hockey's growing so much in, in, uh, in non-traditional hockey markets like ca- California and Florida and, and Texas and wherever you want to go. Arizona now is starting to boom as well. How do you reach those players? How do you introduce them to the USHL and, and get them to come to your league? Well, again, you know, what we try to do is, you know, we've had, you know, in the past, and we've, we've tailored it down a little bit. Um, but we used to do some clinics and some some combines and some events, you know, from Buffalo. We did some stuff out west in Los Angeles. Um, it's interesting, but, you know, our individual teams will go and do some things, which we, you know, we encourage. They'll kind of run around in unique footprints, you know, some of the states that you mentioned that, you know, we don't have teams in. And they'll do some camps and some clinics, and, you know, that's a good way to get our brand out there. Um, but we really focused, you know, obviously the fall classics a big deal because we bring in a lot of youth teams and, and I think we'll have 80, 80 plus some youth teams involved from all over the country that will come into the, into the event uh, in September. And so that helps with our brand because, you know, obviously we're the, we're the games and a lot of these, uh, young players are watching and coming and it's a really fun thing. Um, we're doing something down in Texas later this year in January. Uh, late December, early January, where we're going to have a couple games there tied into a Frosty Cup event. Um, we're actually going to play um, one of the games at the Cotton Bowl, where the where the outdoor game is going to be this year. So that should be pretty cool. But then ultimately, we have um, four different combines that we hold in Chicago, and we invite players from all over the U.S. And so those are some you know good way to get the kids from all over to come into Chicago, for, you know, different age groups and whatnot. And they have an opportunity to come in and play on teams and then be scouted and looked at by our coaches and GMs and stuff like that. And those have been very, very successful. So we could still be a lot better at it. You know, we do do, you know, the traditional collateral and, you know, send things out and we're constantly trying to beat the drum about our league and whatnot. But, you know, I think, um, again, in, in fairness to the people before me, there was a lot of good work already done before I showed up and we just kind of taken the baton and tried to, you know, move it up the field, so to speak, a little bit. So those are the things we focus on. 
seems like there's more and more Europeans coming to the USHL as well and, and North America in general, but your league uh, uh, is uh, seeing an influx of Europeans too. And Canadians are important to your league as well. How do you keep nurturing that relationship uh, from those two talent pools? Yeah, again, I think, you know, again, those are those are some things that sometimes grow organically, as you know. So we do, you know, we're, we're still predominantly a U.S. roster, and we do have uh, – um, you know, a, a, select, a select amount of players from each team that can be imports, which, you know, obviously t- Canadians are thrown into that uh, category. But as you mentioned, whether it's European or Canadians, you know, um, a lot of good players have come from those areas and been in our league. I think that, that helps a lot. So they can also see that instead of maybe going a different route, they can come in and play in our league and then go to college and then go on to play pro hockey and again, that kind of falls back into one of your earlier questions. That's what we're about. Mm-hmm. So I think before maybe it was like, well, I want to do this because I got to do it this way. Now kids, I think, are looking at it. I know the NHL is looking at us a little bit too, saying that, hey, this is a good route. This is a good route to do this. And so I think that helps us get some of the better Europeans and better Canadian players that come in. And, and um, yeah, we're really proud of that. So, you know, it is a global league, but, you know, obviously we are a United States hockey-based league, and that's what we'll continue to be. But um, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have uh, these kids from all over the world you know, be a part of our league. Tom Garrity from the USHL is my guest. And, Tom, I opened it up on Twitter to uh, questions from – the, your fan base, and uh, there's a few that have come in. Seymour Sports uh, has asked about uh, reviving the Indiana Ice, and I know the uh, Central Illinois uh, uh, Flying Aces uh, just folded as well, so I'm not sure where you are with those two franchises, but uh, anything in regards to Indiana getting back to that market? Uh, not yet. I mean, um, Paul Scott, who is a big favorite of our our group in the league, you know, he was obviously the owner of that franchise up until they they suspended operation and um you know um he um did everything he could i think if that market ever presented itself again of course we'd be interested in it for sure but uh, just to be blunt nothing's going on with that right now and you know central Illinois has also suspended operations you know and they're looking to try to um, figure out their next steps and i know we've been working with them pretty diligently to to see whether or not, um, you know, that franchise can operate somewhere else in the right situation so they can have success. And um, so that's kind of where we're at with both of those. All right. With uh, the market in Illinois uh, not working, at least to, at, at currently, do you have to look outside of your current footprint? Uh, I know NHL to Seattle is a Twitter handle that uh, wants to know if you could even expand to California, potentially, or into the, the Pacific Northwest. And, and Tyler King, who's a broadcaster, uh, in um, in my province in Alberta, wants to know if you'd even consider yeah. expanding to Canada. Well, again, you know, expansion is a really interesting conversation. You know, I think right now we have 16 teams, and I think we feel really, really good about you know the talent pool and the depth. Um, great, great, great uh, connection as we discussed earlier with the North American League as far as uh, the latter development, um, strong relationships with USA Hockey and also uh, you know the NHL. So, you know, I think. Um, you know, when we look, it's amazing. We get a ton of interest from all over. Um, you know, we have had, um, you know, some you know, major inquiries down south. We've had some major inquiries west and then also east. So I think, you know, we obviously the U.S. is where we'd focus our energy in uh, for right now related to just the way we're set up and our partnerships that we have. And so, um, 
you know, we're looking at everything. Uh, how we do it is going to be the real key question. Um, you know, you don't want to just expand for just expansion sake, excuse me. You know, you want to do things to make your league better. And, you know, obviously there's um, all sorts of questions that go into that from, you know, logistical travel to player, you know, player pool to, you know, all the different little nuances, you know, from arenas and all the things, good ownerships and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the league, you know, the league, you know, um, is right now viewing all these options and kind of putting together. And I've been championing from our board of directors is, you know, I've been championing with come back to us and tell us what you think. And so over the next year, I'm going to really put a lot of energy into saying, Hey, this is maybe a good, good opportunity for us. And let's take a look at doing this. But, you know, like I said, I mean, it's competitive out there, but, you know, to add franchises, you know, what I've learned, you know, um, you know, you, you want to make sure you can get places that are going to be successful and be able to be stable. And, you know, to expand, just to expand is sometimes, you know, could be the death of you. And so I think we're going to be very strategic on it. Would one of the concerns, I mean, you, you pride yourself on being a, a league that plays mostly on weekends and not during the week and, and allowing for, you know, as, as little time on the bus as possible. That would be a challenge if you expanded further, wouldn't it? It could be, definitely. So, like, when you even look at our, you know, we've had discussions about there's still some really good places right in our footprint that could be a possible expansion, right? You know, right, right down right down the center fairway, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so, I, again, we, we look at those, and we've had some opportunities, and we've declined on a few of them just for a variety of different reasons. But, you know, you do bring up a good point. I mean, um, um, you know, if you went to south, and all of a sudden you went into, you know, Texas, so to speak, which, you know, we, I mean, obviously we have some, you know, inquiries from there and that, you know, we're having an event down there and we see value and, and that. I mean, you have to then start looking at, you know, you know, you just can't bring a couple teams in, right? It would almost have to be kind of a pot of teams. So they right. could have their own division and there could be a way, you know, a way that they can play amongst themselves and, you know, and then, then connect into the league as a whole because of that. Yeah, yeah, you can't have a kid jumping on a bus to play Friday and Saturday and leaving on a Tuesday. A lot of these kids are in school. You know, that's not what we're trying to do is have a kid, you know, be on a 19-hour bus ride to go play games for, you know, Friday and Saturday and come back. So, yeah, uh, that's a good point as to why we have to be really careful on where we go and how it sets up. Well, Tom, we covered a lot of ground, and I kept you uh, yeah. for a long time. I appreciate your uh, time here in the off season. Uh, anything else you want fans to know about what's coming up uh, this coming season? No, I was just you know, hey, you get an opportunity to to get out to one of our venues, you know, uh, look at our website and uh, look at you know look at uh, how to watch games on hockey TV and. And um, if you get a chance, if you're in one of our markets, stop in and watch our product. And I know uh, you'd be really, really happy to watch it. And we appreciate your time and giving us this opportunity to talk about our league and wish you all the best. Excellent. Thanks for your time, Tom. Thank you, Pete. My thanks to Tom Garrity of the USHL, Commissioner of the League, for coming on the show once again. He, he joined us uh, last summer as well, right after I think he'd only been in uh, in that position for three or four months uh, so it's good to catch up with him once again. Again, moving quickly on to the next Ask the Commish segment. This time we're going to learn about the Inall, the NAHL, the North American Hockey League president and commissioner, Mark Frankenfeld. Hear from him next here on the Pipeline Show. Coach Dibbon could not resist leaving Newhook out there. 
Newhook will wind up out of his own zone. He went from Newfoundland to Victoria last year, and here he goes. Wide around the defender. Newhook shoots, scores! He does it again! Hi, it's Alex Newhook of the Victoria Grizzlies, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today.